Hello and welcome to the podcast. Support us by subscribing and sharing. You can follow us on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and all the other social media sites. Fucking hell. That's been a little while. Uh, anyway. Craig! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your host, Adam. You're listening to Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. So, with that, uh, yeah, it has been a while. Uh, it's been a minute, yeah. So, How are you, man? I, I've been alright. Where have you been? I have been camping for 10 days. Uh, been in the woods. In the woods, drinking still cider and quite literally doing nothing else. Oh, sounds. Literally just staring at the stars, yeah? Oh, man. I saw so many shooting stars. It was awesome. Oh, that's very cool. Um, I, too, was away. I was in uh, Sicily and Italy. Nice. Yeah, it was very nice. I mean, they are. Sicily is part of. This is like the whole Barcelona, Spain thing, right? It kind of. It, it's. Uh, I. I got told it's more like you kind of like equate it like the feelings is almost like uh, Ireland to the UK sort of thing. Right. That's okay. How they kind of almost see themselves. And in no way is that appropriate. It is not. <laughs> um, but yeah, mate, uh, Sicily, uh, lovely. Uh, we had an amazing partner. Helen did such a great job of uh, booking everything. And uh, the only sort of down point I say is uh, fucking driving in those countries, mate. It's like fucking Mario Kart. Uh, Excellent. No uh, preservation of life. <laughs> uh, people just have a fucking death wish out there. Just as a quick thing, I, th- I was thinking about the other day. Nothing to do with anything mm. apart from the fact that you just mentioned his name. Is his name Mario Mario? Uh, it is. Uh, Man, Mario Mario. Luigi gets a raw fucking deal there. Yeah, huh? It's Luigi Mario. <laughs> Poor Luigi, uh, but no, you had a good time. Uh, yeah, fantastic! I, I got to see some really cool shit. Uh, we went up to the lakes. Uh, apparently, it's where George Clooney lives. He's nice. got a big fucking mansion. Did you tell him about the podcast? I didn't. I was going to ask him, you know, for a recommendation for Espresso, but uh, he Excellent. was not available. And then we went to Venice, where mate, I, I swear, like, I, I got to feel like fucking James Bond going in like the water taxi and things like that. Uh, yeah. If you ever go to Venice, as I have, oh, you have, you have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Uh, did you get Did you get the water taxi from the airport? I didn't get a water taxi from the airport because I was doing the uh, interrailing round, but I did ah, get nice. a gondola ride. See, I we got warned off that we were just like the people were just saying, yeah, it's not worth it. It's not like you. you... It is quite spenny. Mm. But we had four of us, I think. So it, it, oh, kind of, it was an experience that we were like, ah, it's going to cost us. I think it cost us less than 20 euros a piece. So, okay, fair enough. And uh, I've done it now. I never need to do it again. Exactly, that's it. And yeah, we just ate and drank, and it was a really good, nice little time away. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Phil come back like quite refreshed and. Sort of mm. like, you know, when you've been away for a little while and you get back to, like, work and life and you just feel, like, well out of routine and you just kind of feel a little bit out of sync. Yes. Uh, I, I, I've been doing that this week. And then uh, today, because it's the uh, fucking tube strikes, yeah. so I'm working from home, and air quotes, working. <laughs> Recording a podcast. Um, when, I mean, suppose you're a teeny bit older than me. When you were a teeny. teenager, did London Underground get... Were you aware of that song? London Underground, uh, as in the... It's, it's the Going Underground tune, yeah. but it's all about Tube Strikers. I'm uh, tube, well aware of that song. Strike. Yeah, man. Every time I hear about the Tube Strike, all I can think of is that. Um, so since you've been back, what movies have you been watching? Because I have seen a few. 
Oh, what have I watched? Um, I don't know if I've really watched any movies, actually. Uh, nothing that really springs to mind that I can think of. Um, I was going to try and check out Nope um, quite soon. Yeah, I've not heard great things uh, about it. People say it's probably his, out of the three movies he's done, it's not his best. I kind of feel that it's, it's, it's more of a... I don't know if it's like really like a horror movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think if you think of um, what's his name, M Night Shyamalan, mm. like when he did The Sixth Sense, and he had like a, a great sort of twist uh, ending, and then you kind of think, oh, that's that's. Oh, did great. he? I've never heard of that. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a great like suspenseful horror movie, and then he did like Unbreakable, and it's like mm-hmm. okay, cool, like as a. a, a a perspective on like you know superheroes and things like that and then it had yeah. the, its little twist and things like that so then when signs comes out you know i mean it's like right you know, it's sort of shifting genre you know it's sci-fi mixed with religion and it kind of mm-hmm. has its sort of twist and then everyone was like yeah signs is like one of his worst ones or like they're not as good as the other two uh well so the movies i've been watching oh go on then. yeah so here we go you ready i am ready I rewatched The Lost Boys for the first time in forever. Good shout. Holy shit, did I have fun. Yeah, that's a great movie. But I haven't been able to get the theme song out of my head, and it's been going three weeks now. Like, What's the what's the theme song to it? Um, well, there's two. There's the uh, Strange by both The Doors and Echo and the Bunny Men. Oh, yeah. They both appear in film, but there's also the one... Um, Cry, little sister. Oh, that's a tune. Shall... It's an absolute tune, but I'm falling asleep just hearing... What's the uh, what's the geezer of the saxophone? What's he called? Um, not Kenny G. Kenny G. Uh, not Kenny. Um, Ken... I feel like I'm gonna have to. Google Jerry Rafferty. Now. Oh no! Oh, the big dude that's actually in the film. He is in the film. Yeah, right? he has I don't it. know his name, but that dude's cool. Lost Lost Boys soundtrack. I Whilst still believe that, that's the song. Tim Tim Capello. Oh, Tim Capello. Jacked, absolutely jacked. Yeah, shoot, like in just like fucking weird looking dude. He makes saxophone. that saxophone look like a recorder. Yeah, he he's got some very sexy gyrating going on as well. Oh yeah, big time. Um, I've done a RoboCop trilogy. Interesting, because uh, normally I'll stop after the first one. <laughs> uh, well, I, the thing is, I never I never have with two and three. Right. Okay. As in, uh, first time, uh, three, not horrible. Yeah. Two's a piece of crap. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, no, we did the Robocop trilogy, uh, Men in Black. Oh, and, yeah. Did you watch yeah. the Men in Black trilogy? That's the real No, question. I didn't. I've still yeah. never seen Men in Black 3. And then Bad Boys. Oh, Bad Did you watch the Bad Boys trilogy? Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I sense there's a theme going on here. No, well, the thing is, like, my partner has kids. And so I've got to find, like, specific films that they'll actually sit through. And Will Smith is just like an easy entry point. Yeah. And then last night, Taryn was like, oh, yeah, we should watch Bad Boys. I was like, um, hmm. yeah, yeah, you know about all the swearing, right? And she's like, no, nah, no, nah, it'll be fine. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> just and like an F-bomb over every like minute. single word. It was bitch, this motherfucker, that they drop an N word in there at one point. It was like, whoa, OK, maybe we misstepped. But, uh, you What's know, the? Exactly. Uh, it should be like that. Uh, Adam and Joe. Uh, is it? Or is it just Adam Buxton where he's in the car with the plane NWA for his kids, and he like has to keep like pausing it every time they say the N word. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just Adam Buxton, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, so here we are. 
here we are. And hey, buddy, look, I've seen Into the Future and it's going to be a good podcast. I think so. Uh, just before we dive in, I did want to say a quick shout out to one of our uh, a fan favourite, uh, someone that really supports the show, uh, Mr. Big Booty Daddy. Um, unfortunately, he's been in hospital uh, for the last few weeks, so I'm not too sure even you knew about that. I didn't. Um, yeah, he's... Uh, he, I uh, just want to say from uh, Adam and Craig, uh, uh, speedy recovery, Mr. Big Booty Daddy. Yes, absolutely. Get well soon, buddy. Yeah, look yeah. forward to seeing you again. Feline AIDS. Uh, cool. Uh, Minority Ports, that's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah, fucking 2002, PG-13. Two and a half fucking hours. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a long one. It's a good one, and it's a Spielberg one. I, I mean, have we done a Spielberg yet? I don't think we have, because most of uh, Steven Spielberg's movies have hit it out of the park. Um, yeah, yeah. we're looking at AI, Artificial Intelligence, The Lost yeah. World, Jurassic Park. E.T., Saving Private Ryan, Jaws. Oh, the go- oh, sorry, the good ones, the good ones. Yeah, the good ones, the good ones. Uh, Jaws 3 has appeared on the show. Yeah, Vaguely. but we've not done an episode about no, it. No, we won't. Um, so this is all about uh, in the future where a special police unit is able to arrest murderers before they commit their crimes an officer from that unit himself is accused of a future murder bum 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 and if you've not seen that movie before we'll roll trailer What's coming? Double homicide, one male, one female. Killer's male, white, 40. Set up a perimeter and tell them we're en route. I'm placing you under arrest for the future murder of Sarah Marks. Give the man his hand. The future can be seen. All we have to run on are the images that they produce. We see what they see. There hasn't been a murder in six years. There's nothing wrong with the system. It is perfect. I agree. Murder can be stopped. Tell me exactly what it is you're looking for. Flaws. Did we get any false positives? We are arresting individuals who have broken no law. But they will. The fact that you prevent it from happening doesn't change the fact that it was going to happen. The system can't be wrong. Wait! You say something, Chief? No. You're in a lot of trouble, John. I have a warrant in my pocket that says murder. Don't run. You don't have to chase me. From 20th Century Fox. He set me up. He set me up. And DreamWorks Pictures. Who's the victim? I've never heard of him, but I'm supposed to kill him in less than 36 hours. He's coming here to get her. Tom Cruise. I need your help. If you contain information, I need to know how to get at it. In a Steven Spielberg film. I have to know. I have to find out what happened in my life. You tell me, who was it set this up? I don't know. How about now? On June 21st, everybody runs. Cool. So, as uh, mentioned, uh, director Steven Spielberg, uh, Tom Cruise and Mr. Spielberg both agreed to waiver their usual salary to keep the film's budget under 100 mil, and they agreed to take 15% of the film's gross instead. Now, very nice, isn't it? look, hear me out. <laughs> I'll hear you out. That's a really nice thing, and all power to them. That's great. Yeah. But when you're Steven Spielberg and you're Tom Cruise, that's that's a drop. It's like, ah, uh, you know. I... 
I yeah. won't have fries with my burger. You know, yeah, it's like they're, they're not working you're, for scale. You're, you're still fine. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, no, we'll work for free or we'll work for scale. It's, no, we yeah. will make a fucking amazing movie and uh, take fifteen percent of that. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, uh, what was your history with Minority Report? I don't remember seeing this at the movies. I'm pretty sure this is a like a DVD kind of off the shelf. Like, oh, I wonder what this movie is, and I remember really liking the the sort of like the inventions that they've come up with so from what i remember about the movie they uh you know when they're going in production they hired loads of uh, mit professors and people that were sort of coming up with you know sort of this new age technology mm. and they were saying like so what does the, the what does the future look like you know what what will be like the products how would we build this world and there were some really yeah. interesting ones. I, the ones that really stand out in my mind were the six sticks. So like the yeah, battens six, that six, make yeah. you uh, throw up. And I just remember the like the sort of cars and the roads. And it was like not only would it sort of, you know, you'd be going horizontal, but you'd be going vertical as well. Yeah, so it's the cars. And we, sp- we spoke a little bit before we started recording. And I said, mm. I, I always confuse this with other films. Um, I always, in my head, jump between this AI artificial intelligence, as I've mm. already mentioned, and iRobot. Yeah, good shout. Uh, I, I think they've got that similar car. vibe. You know, what I mean, that's a similar aesthetic. I mean, like, um, what's it? AI was uh, Steven Spielberg as well, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and are they both uh, this and iRobot. Are they both Philip K. Dicks? They are now. Uh, what's quite mm. interesting about that? Uh, obviously, it's based on a short story by Phil, uh, Philip K. Dick. Uh, the original adaptation of the short story Minority Report was originally planned as a sequel to Total Recall, the nineteen ninety movie with nice. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, so, with that, they changed the setting to Mars, and the precogs were meant to be like mutated Martians, so they've been mutated by the atmosphere. Okay, and cool. so yeah, so they the main character is also then changed to Douglas Quaid. So the idea was Arnold Schwarzenegger was uh, gone through the events of Total Recall, and then become a police officer for the you know, sort of Minority Report or whatever they call it, the uh, precog. Uh, yeah. Or, fuck, I can't remember what the name of the actual. Um, no, no, we'll watch it and we'll remember. I'm sure we will. Uh, pre-crime. There we go. Ah, yeah. Uh, pre-crime. 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 Right. So interestingly, though, uh, that would have sucked. By the way. Well, that would have it... besmirched the good name that is Total Recall. That would have then appeared on your list of like worst sequels <laughs> of all time because you'd be like, but it doesn't make sense around Total Recall. <laughs> so was it a dream? You kind of think, oh, right, so that plays into later as well. Um, but this would have been made by Carlco, uh, uh, the, the studio. Which is never a bad thing. Which is never, that's what I mean. It would never been a bad thing. But obviously they went into bankruptcy because they made uh, Cutthroat Island. Which which was a bad thing. Which was very much a bad thing. So Isn't it the, the Cutthroat Island and Long Kiss Goodnight that they uh, kind of dual made at the same time? Yeah, this um, they did produce that. And then I think they were going to do, was it Crusade? And it had um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Charlton Heston. Oh, man, that's a pairing that doesn't need to exist. Yeah, I think it was meant to be some sort of like uh, sort of satire on sort of medieval Catholic church or some shit like that and I think Charles <laughs> I think Charles and Heston was meant to be like some war mongering pope or some weird shit like that um, oh no right sorry the idea of Arnold Schwarzenegger playing a, a 
fucking in the name of the rose type month <laughs> would be both amazing and ridiculous it's it sounds like a fake trailer from tropic thunder oh you know uh, the bit in last action hero where schwarzenegger plays hamlet yes there it is there yeah. it is uh, so there is a bit of shenanigans going on with all this. So um, the oh dear. so the writers who still owned the original story rewrote the script, removing elements from Total Recall. Uh, the script was eventually tossed, and then John Cohen comes in and he's rehired or he's hired to do uh, rewrites. So yep. the only original element from the script that made it to the final film is the sequence in the car factory. Cool. Now, interestingly about that uh, that fact is that that scene in the car factory is actually, a, I think, a, almost an unused scene in North by Northwest. Okay. Right, so that's been lifted from Alfred Hitchcock, but it was never used in, in the film. Okay. Right. So... So there's an awful lot of pinching and grabbing going on. There is. Uh, so it's this the Steven Spielberg obviously fucking loves that bit, and this led to the original writers suing for the rights to have their names in the film's credits as co-writers. Mm-hmm. Now, due to extremely strict rules of the Writers Guild, which we know all about, mm-hmm. uh, how much of the script must be written by a person to get writing credits? The final ruling was that the original writers can only get executive producer credits and not writing credits, which they begrudgingly agreed to. I mean, first off, fair enough. Mm. One scene, deal with it. You don't get a writer's credit for one fucking scene. Mm, yeah, true. You I don't. Mean... You just don't. You know, you might get a... Well, you get an executive producer credit, but I'm sorry, if, you, if you've if you written one scene... No, I don't, I don't. I don't. I stand firmly on the side of, yes, give them an executive producer credit. Well, we had we had that argument when we were um, when I was brought on to help you finish off one of your books, and I I swear to God I thought you were about to say when I wrote that scene from Thirteen Cars, and I was about to be like, no, 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 no that's a lie, that's a lie. <laughs> and you know the unused RoboCop ending, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, which didn't make it. I did have a writing credit on that. That's that's how I, that's how I feel about it. Did I did I ever tell you what happened with that? No, you didn't. I finished the whole script, sent mm. it over, and they were like, cool, yeah, that's a really good script, it works, it's lo- lovely, la 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 la. Uh, now if you could turn it into a six-part TV show, oh, but God. also we're not going to pay you. It's like, what? No. no. How well, pass? Well, that would just be like, right, you take ten pages here, ten pages there, ten pages there, and then deal with it. That's... But you better believe when they turn it into a uh, six-part TV show, I'm going to ask for that executive producer credit. Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what, are they trying to flog it to Netflix, do you think? Uh, I mean, good luck to them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not that piece of Realistically, what they tried to do was take a 90-page <laughs> script, flash it out to three hours without paying a writer to do it. It would have been fun. Uh, honestly, I wish I could have seen the end results. Yeah, so, well, until we see that sort of, like, trickling its way onto Amazon Prime, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so who else is in this film? I can tell you. Oh, well, I can tell you. Do you want to kick us off, then? Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is in this movie. Uh, he plays Danny Wilter, uh, probably best known as Bullseye from Daredevil. Brilliant. Maybe the lobster. Uh, the penguin. Oh, he is the penguin, the yes. Uh, is, from it. the mask. The penguin from um, uh, Batman. The Batman. Yeah, the Batman. And uh, anything else notable that you feel? Like I mean, Connor he's Farrell in being? one of my favourite films of all time, which is in Bruges. Uh, I thought you were going to say the Total Recall remake. Uh, no, no, that <laughs> film doesn't exist. Uh, as a shout out to Big Booty Daddy, Colin Farrell also has uh, an episode of Scrubs under his belt. 
Does he now? Yeah, probably loves scrubs. Ah, that's awesome. Um, so what uh, what was he doing in Scrubs then? Is he like a doctor or a patient? No, so he's an Irish guy, would you believe it? Who, really? Who, I know, crazy. Who um, beats someone to the point where they're like almost in a coma, but he stays by their side because he's like, oh, it's the Irish way. You beat someone down, then you stick with them until they're better. That Toy really is That is not the Irish way at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think JD gets him arrested and everyone hates JD for it. It's a whole thing. But yes, uh, Colin Farrell. I think was this his like welcome to Hollywood? I want to say it was actually because I can't remember him really being in anything before this, like notably before this. Mm. And so what year was it? Was it two thousand one? This is two thousand two. Two thousand two. So Daredevil, I think, two thousand three. Yeah, that yeah, was. So... That, that's obviously you know the shoot shoot for the stars, you know, from Minority <laughs> Report working with Spielberg to them being fucking. Bullseye working with fucking blind Ben Affleck. But you do get to work with Michael Clark Duncan, and that's the win. That is very cool. And I will always say, as much as you can shit on Daredevil, the director's cut is actually not too bad. I mean, you you the, the theatrical cut cut out Coolio. Come it on. fucking did. I know. That's <laughs> actually a crime. Uh, so, obviously, we have uh, Tom Cruise in this, because this is a continuation of our Tom Cruise season. Yep, the you he, snooze, you cruise. That's right, and he plays Mr. Chief John Anderson. Uh, so Tom Cruise began filming only a few days after completing work on Vanilla Sky. So it's pretty much uh, one film to the next. Uh, hardest working man, well. hardest working man in Hollywood. That dude. Yeah, love him. Nothing bad to say about him. And Good then, man. if you need an old guy who, who's like sort of some sort of like mentor, who would you get in? Well, if you, Michael Caine. Uh, if, and if you can't get Michael Caine no no here's the thing if you want a good guy you get in Michael Caine mm-hmm. if you want someone where the audience immediately goes oh that's the villain yeah. you get Max von Sydow that is right so he plays director Lamar Burgess uh, I did not know this he played Ming the Merciless in Flash Gordon did he? yeah man yeah, I haven't I was... seen Flash Gordon since I was a kid I was like, he's fucking Ming the Merciless. That's fucking awesome. Um, also, he's well. He's been on this episode. Uh, he's playing Judge Fargo in um, Judge Dredd. Dredd. Yep. Judge Dredd. And uh, then we have uh, Neil McDowell. He plays Fletcher, probably known as best as uh, Buck Neil McDonough. M- Neil McDonough. What did I say? Yeah, McDowell. McDowell. Oh yeah, sorry, I was thinking of someone completely. Andy McDowell. Is Andy thinking. McDowell in this movie? Andy McDowell is not in this. Uh, Neil McDonough. Yeah. Like Donna Kebab. Brilliant. And. Uh, yeah, as I said, uh, probably best known as Buck from Band, Band of Brothers, Brothers yeah. uh, or Dum Dum from Captain America. Yes, of course. Of course, Dum Dum. Yeah, he's 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 what people call a character actor, but in fact, he's a, just a good actor. He's very um, good. I blue don't. Eyes. I can't pick out like, oh, he was the lead in that film. I don't Every think he... time he's on screen, I'm just like, good. Yeah, I, I think he's just one of those kind of like, he probably could be a leading, but he's just such a good, yeah, as you said, character actor. You, yeah. you stick him next to someone, he just makes him look better. He's the modern day Stanley Tucci. Hmm, good shout. And probably the only other notable uh, people we have in here is uh, Samantha Morton. Uh, she plays Agatha, one of the precogs. Yeah. Now, uh, the there are other precogs in this. There's uh, Dashiell and Arthur. Now, Dashiell, Arthur, and Agatha. Where? What's the connection between those three? Uh, Agatha. What, Arthur. Oh, um, I'm gonna take a pun. Gone. Agatha Christie was my first step. Very good. Arthur. 
Conan Doyle is my second step. I don't know anything Very about good. the shield. But uh, I guess all mystery writers. Yeah, that's right. So Dash your Hammett, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And oh, excuse Agatha me. Christie. No, excuse you know, me. Sorry, 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 sorry. You're not. But, uh, you know, forgiven. So this is, yeah, they were all named after famous mystery writers. Excellent. Mm. Good. They didn't go with, like, Raymond Chandler. Good choice. <laughs> they did not. No, no Tom Clancy. No. And with this, uh, if you needed to hire a bad guy playing some sort of foreigner slash Russian slash Asian block, who are you getting in? Well, yeah, that was it. I was going, when you said, like, oh, that's that's everyone, I was like, no, 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 there's Peter Stormare is in this film in one of the most disgusting scenes I've ever seen. 100%, yeah. So the funny thing is, I couldn't actually remember who Peter, the name of Peter Stormare, so I just tried uh, Google. Actor always plays Russian bad guy. Uh, no, in Armageddon, he plays a Russian good guy. Oh, he does, doesn't he? But he always yeah. plays a Russian. But yes, um, he does always play a Russian. Yeah. Is he Russian in Fargo? Mm, I don't know actually. Yeah, mm. does, does he have an accent? He does. He have does an have an accent, yeah. but I don't know if it's a Russian one. Either way, Peter Stormare's great. I believe he's actually meant to play Swedish in this uh, movie. Oh, okay, fair enough. Swedish, cool. yeah, all the same, aren't they? Uh, right. Interestingly, this film was uh, almost shot a few years earlier, uh, but this is where Steven Spielberg decided to do AI and then have the script uh, script rework for Minority Report. Okay, so, so just quickly, before you say anything else, this is again where I confused Minority Report and AI. Yeah. AI is the one that was going to be Kubrick and Spielberg took over, or was this going to be Kubrick and Spielberg No, took I over? believe AI was meant to be... I could be wrong, but I'm pretty, like, 90% sure. Right, that, cool, cool, cool. Now, with that, uh, according to Tom Cruise, uh, at the time, the version would have had Kate Blanchett as uh, Agatha, yep. Matt Damon... As Wilter, so as in Colin Farrell's character. Yeah. Ian McKellen as Burgess. Nice. Uh, but is it, sorry, is it Burgess or Burgess? Burgess, Burgess, uh, B-U-R-G-E-S. Yeah. There we go. Uh, well, it will agree or disagree. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jenna Elfman as Lara Anderton. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a like-for-like like swap on that one. There's no, that's a, that's a good trade in and out. Yeah, Matt Damon as Colin Farrell's character. I don't think Colin Farrell's character, you know, like knowing Colin Farrell and what his range is, I don't think he's... I've, I think you probably could have had a Matt Damon in there instead. Yeah, I mean, they could both play kind of schmarmy business types that you kind of dislike. I remember hating Colin Farrell in this film. Yeah, the thing is, it's like he comes across as like maybe a bit too, like sort of boyish in this uh, I think you needed someone to kind of be Tom Cruise's equal do you know what I mean like uh, like he like Tom Cruise if I remember in this movie he, he's you know uh, he's the chief he's the guy he's the main dude he can't do any wrong sort of thing he's like the hot shit and then you obviously have Colin Farrell who's coming in to undermine him I felt like he, uh, Colin Farrell comes across as a bit of a rookie yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. you needed he to. He comes have a in as more... a kind of. Uh, what do you call it? More like a company man. Yeah, um, a little bit. Mm. But yeah, I just feel that to uh, to step on Tom Cruise, you needed to have like the, the sort of counterbalance, which I didn't think it had. Yeah. Um, but with that, uh, with a budget of $102 million, uh, how much do you think it made back at the box office? Oh, 250 easy. Uh, three fifty. Actually, three fifty-eight. Uh, so nice little fifteen percent there for you three nice. boys. Should we uh, just jump on the couch and fucking get this on? Because we've got yeah. two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, let's get it done. All right, three, two.
listener Craig, uh, first thoughts? Uh, I have two first thoughts. Two first one, thoughts? Yeah. One is a question. A question, yeah. Did you spot the secret cameos? Secret cameos? Secret cameos. Secret cameos. No, tell me. Cameo one is Cameron Diaz. Oh, really? Cameo two is Cameron Crowe. Mm, okay. So, so when, uh, I think it's when Cruz gets on the bus or the train and there's that dude reading the newspaper. Uh-huh. That, I think, is Cameron Crowe. Right, interesting. And right next to him is Cameron Diaz. Ah. Blink and so, you miss it, but it's there. Uh, thought number two is, um, so this film's basically five scenes, right? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean by that. It's like, it's it's... Because you have all these sort of set up and what they're doing and they kind of like establish the, the rules of Precog and they have like a fair bit of exhibition uh, into it and they introduce all the characters, all the main players and stuff like that. And then and then the movie starts happening, you know what I mean? And then it's like, all right, okay, cool, there's a... You know, t- Tom Cruise you know, gets accused of a crime he didn't fucking commit and then goes on the fucking run. And, and doesn't then, he run? Like there is he loves the, to run. this film is mostly uh, running slash car chase. Yeah, and then you know he gets into uh, trying to uh, figure out what the fuck's happened, and then there's a kind of like uh, almost like a revenge plot towards the end of the movie, and you just feel like there's quite a lot of almost like it feels like different movies. You know what I mean? It's, does and I'm watching it kind of being like, all right, now we're in like a fifth element type thing. As I said, yeah. we're in like a robot type thing. There's there's a lot of different things going on, and like don't get me wrong, I was engaged, and you know, mm. show me Tom Cruise running, and I'll eat some popcorn. <laughs> but the mystery of it all, I, and I suppose it's because I knew, spoiler alert, that it's Max von Sydow's the killer. Mm. That I just felt a bit like, uh, all right, two and a half hours to get to this. It, it feels like, uh, for what I can describe, it's like an accordion of a movie, like where you have very tight, you know, sort of like one-on-one like dialogue, mm. and then you have like big, expansive That's like, action. That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. Thank you. I came up with it myself just now. Nice. Um, so like these really big, expansive action set pieces, and then back to um, you know these really like intense like you know sort of character. Uh, you know, sort of like, so you know when you have, uh, let's say you've got uh, Tom Cruise in the room with Peter Stormare. Yeah. So you're like, right, that's it. You know, that's all you need. It, it, and they and their their acting chops just take and carry that through the whole movie. But then you have, all right, let's have some guys with some fucking jetpacks flying in, and then a huge fucking car chase as well. And you're just like, and these spiders that look into people's eyes and sweeping mm. shots of the hotel. Yeah, no. You're in, then you're out. You're, it's very, very much like up close and personal, long shot. Uh, yeah, it. That's a really, yeah, really great way of looking at it, and it's exactly what this movie is. Mm. And I, I don't know if that just uh, for me if that puts off the pacing slightly because by the end I felt like I felt that slight fatigue. You know what I mean? It's just like mm. I, I would rather have a sort of more tighter. Like you've got great actors in this movie. I, I, I think you, as much as you want to develop and build up the world. And as much as you're trying to, you've got Tom Cruise who, you know, is slash action star. Mm. You do want him doing you know, these big crashes through set pieces, you know, break, like sort of jumping from car to car on what's essentially like a fucking skyscraper. Yeah, it's, but it always a, did feel like the chase scenes were just going to 11. Yes. And right. that's, for me, the difference between iRobot and this. 
and I know I'll stop with the iRobot comparisons, no, no, but I, mate, I think it's a, it's a really valid comparison. But iRobot, you've got some like low key fight scenes between Will Smith and I think it's Alan Tudyk plays mm. the robot in the film. You know, where yeah, okay, they're smashing each other through glass, but ultimately you're watching it from like a relatively safe distance yes you've got mm. the car scenes and you've got the like hundreds of robots jumping out of the um like robot carrier but there's that midpoint of like all right this doesn't have to be the biggest fight scene or biggest spectacle you've ever seen yeah because uh, because um, the other thing as well and the reason why I, I kind of wish this movie to be a little bit tighter and definitely have that little bit more one-to-one uh with all the different characters uh is because you know there's some really like sort of um, big themes in this movie and it's like it's the main one is obviously going to be like the free will versus like determinism you know what I mean this is like is your fate set in stone mm. or do we you know do we have some power over our own destiny yeah right so we've yeah. got this the, the way that Tom Cruise kind of explains this to Colin Farrell and we'll go back to the first scene because I've got fucking yeah let's go for it. this first scene but is um, I, uh, he rolls a ball off a desk Colin Farrell catches it. He's like, why'd you catch it? Oh, it's going to fall. How'd you know if it didn't happen? Yeah. And it's like, well, because gravity. Because <laughs> the science of nature trumps the unpredictability of man. Like, there yeah. is no, that we aren't a bunch of zeros and ones. And so, whereas gravity very much is. So the comparison at this time as a, as a grown-ass adult, I was like, no, no, that one doesn't fly, actually. Yeah, it's really what's the what's the, it's kind of like a very sort of just janky way of explaining it in very simpleton terms. It's like right, this is like the idea that we're rolling with, and then yeah. this is the sort of the um, the the metaphor slash simile that we're using to kind of get the audience on board with it. Yeah, um, that it was the the explanation for the lowest common denominator, and it works, but I still criticize it. Yeah, no, no, I I I get that, and. The, I'd say the other overarching uh, theme is probably the uh, the sort of, sort of political like police state, you know what I mean, and the sort of the uh, over sort of like the overreach of like you know the judicial system. It's like you know as a, as a citizen, you can be potentially arrested for something that you've not done. Yeah, you know I mean? and that's that's the whole kind of moral argument of the of the whole film. Mm. Um, and so to really set it across, we've got this opening scene. Yes, so, uh, so it's, <laughs> we are in twenty fifty four. Yeah. Uh, so this is where you know that. So we've done these sort of like establishment that you know a we're only in Washington, so this mm. isn't over the the nation, but that's what they want to do. They want to roll this out uh, yeah. across across America. And uh, with this, you have the sort of these very, um, I'd say, clairvoyant uh, slash human. Well, I say like in air quotes, humans, because they're essentially like crack babies, aren't they? Like they're yeah, yeah. So they're kind of. I got vibes of um, uh, Viva Vendetta, mm. where so the whole conceit of that film is like he was burnt in a fire as an orphan and then sought justice and so it's like if if no one tried to do that experiment as to what they were doing with V, it wouldn't have befallen him uh, yeah, the, the crisis yeah. befallen the nation and with this it was yeah we're going to try and do something and um, and in doing so it, it, you know what it's got it's got that uh, they were too busy asking if they could as opposed to whether they should yeah because so, I think it, maybe it's meant to be sort of like an allegory to um, you know like flid babies and shit like that and then I'm sorry what uh, flamaldehyde babies. I don't know actually if that's the PC term, flid baby. <laughs> One million percent not. 
Uh, yeah, so um, so with that, we they like to have fun. <laughs> we do like to have fun. Um, so they determine like the crimes locations, and they kind of like uh, kind of like in very broken uh, terms. So they don't give you everything; they just kind of give you little snapshots of everything, and then it's for uh, Mister Mister Anderson uh, to Mr. determine Anderson. it all through yeah. on his fucking huge uh, iPad, sort of yeah. swiping left and right on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, so um, he gets given like a borough and then a street name and then a door or whatever and him and the mm. team have seconds to get there because the whole thing and it's covered by I think Neil McDonough a bit later on where he says like oh, we've stamped out all crime except murder because it's a crime of passion Yes. Um, which, okay now it's, it's real nitpicky what I'm about to pick up on here but Speeding through a red light is also a crime of passion. Like, holy shit, I've got to get there. And that is technically a crime. Mm, no, I think they say something about that, don't they? They say, why can't they do uh, certain crimes? And it's, it, I think it's because of something like how murder is so uh, aggressive that it sort of tears something in some sort of like space-time continuum or weird, weird shit. There was an awful lot of yakety-yak to make you go, okay, you guys know what you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't process all of it. I didn't hold on to a great deal. I was too busy making notes. But I want to talk real quick about not the guy who's being cheated on. Yeah. But the most obvious fucking, oh, I'm going to go in and bang your wife as soon as you've left the house. Oh, the guy um, hiding across in the, in the, in the kids' park. He's not hiding. He stood in the middle of a kids' park in a fucking long-ass overcoat. If I was anyone on that street, I'd be like, oh, uh, pre-crime people, can you come and fucking take this nonce away yeah, <laughs> definitely nonce vibes why doesn't she you know it's the future cell phones why doesn't she he's left for work beep, boop, boop. all right come on over why doesn't he hide better why does he have the long ass overcoat that makes him so distinctly why is he standing in the middle of the field looking at the dude who he's um uh, uh not yeah, shifty serving. dog eyes <laughs> yeah very much it was it was like, oh, we don't want to do it to make him look like he's a murderer. Mm. So we're just going to have him stand in the middle of the field. Because anything else, you'd be like, oh, shit, he's going to murder that woman. No, he's just going to bang her. Yeah, he's just going to bang her. <laughs> he's going to murder that pussy. Okay. So <laughs> with that, because uh, he only goes out the door for like five seconds and he comes back because he's forgotten his glasses. Oh, uh, yeah. And so and where's the kid? Uh, I assume at school at this point. I don't but, know. You're a, you're a dad. You tell me. But no. But that's the thing. Like, the kid, the, the guy leaves and comes back a hot second later. Um, no, he, right. As, as far as I remember, here's the steps. He's the kid's making a mask, so we see the scissors. The dad's kind of being cucked by the w- wife. Yeah. He leaves, and as soon as he leaves, the dude that's doing the cucking enters the house. <laughs> I don't think at any point we see that kid leave. I don't know, maybe kids watching. Who knows what they're into? Uh, but the thing is about it all, it's like, you kind of, like, when he, everyone fucking crashes in, like, some sort of, like, swap meme, and you, and they grab him as he's got the fucking scissors, like, high up in the air, like, he's about to come down with him, and he's just like, oh, I wasn't going to do anything. And he's yeah. just like, look, come on, mate, like, this. It's quite. Even I would be a bit like, yeah, you, you're about to fucking murder everyone. Let me Which, explain to you. If I drop this ball, what's going to happen? Gravity. Yeah. So you were definitely going to stab <laughs> that guy, okay? 
Now, what I what I'd love to know is, you know, when they bang out the halo, yeah, the little headband or whatever it is. Mm. I want to know what the fuck that does. Uh, I think it puts you into that sort of like Futurama. You've got the green alien on your shoulder, so you're brain dead kind of thing. But that's the thing. It's just like I, because I've, because I, when they later on in the film, when they go to the prison and everyone's got the like in some sort of some deep sleep sort of shit, mm. and they're all dreaming, and it's just like, but are they? Is it like good dreaming, or is it like bad dreaming? Like you're reliving like some horrible shit, like some sort of like rehabilitation wise, or you, you know. Um, or is it some sort of like vanilla sky thing? And that's where I feel like this kind of actually rolls into a little bit of a total recall element of it. Because when uh, later on in the movie, when Anderson finally does get caught and he he gets the fucking halo on him as well and he gets put into prison. Um, it's like from that point onwards, if he's dreaming in those, in those, is everything else that happens from there a dream? Uh, yeah, I imagine it being like that Rick and Morty episode where he's just constantly living the... What is it? What, where they shoot Rick... Like, the, what, at the of, No, at the consulate of Rick's. <laughs> oh, where yeah. Where they shoot the guy in the head and then he's just living the dream of like, and this, Rick, is how we make the special chocolate bars or whatever it is. Or well, that's or it, because like throughout all of this, so he... Um, you know, so just to kind of cut um, a, a little bit out, um, he, you know, he gets accused of of the crime of killing Lee Crow. So this and is uh, John Anderson. John Anderson, and with that, he kind of realizes shit. Uh, you know, because you can't you can't fake these balls, and that's why they're <laughs> um, <laughs> can't fake these balls. And <laughs> with because that's why they're in the wood grain, so they're yeah. almost like fingerprinted. And so when he gets the red ball and he's like, oh shit, right, I've got to leg it. And then he does all the, um, you know, Tom Cruise does Tom Cruise and, you know, jumps around mm. and fucking legs it and gets the, gets away from Colin Farrell. Ends up going to the, what's her face? The, the, the woman who invented pre Yeah, Lois Smith, I think her name is, the actress. Yeah. And who's she's a, who's a fucking... again, like... And we we jump it around. I just want to say quickly, last thing on this kind of opening scene and the adultery that's happening. Oh, absolute on. win for the wife and the adulterer, right? Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. They just like, oh great, he's uh, he's in prison. Let's move you right in. I mean, this I suppose this is a thing that you could always say like there is no justification for murder, but you can understand at the time in the heat of the moment why it happened, and you kind of go. You know, in that in the murderer's eyes, that's you know his version of swift justice. It's like you've mm. you know committed adultery. Oh, I'm gonna fucking murk both of you. Yeah. But then, but then you're kind of like again the unjust of it is that he didn't do it. You know, into some aspect he hasn't committed the crime yet. And then these people who have, you know, committed a sort of marital sin have yeah. essentially getting away scot free with no no recourse or consequence. Yeah, he did. He just didn't think it through. Did. But um, so yeah, then we've got the kind of uh, the the journey of the film. John mm-hmm. Anderson gets red balled. Does get red balled. And the backstory of Tom Cruise is that his son got kidnapped. Oh yeah, we didn't really touch on that, did we? No. Um, so yeah, John Anderson's a fucking junkie himself. Yeah. And he's upset because uh, some years ago. He went to uh, what looked like a fucking shit swimming pool. Oh, it uh, looked like the pool from Sunny. Oh, 100%. Yeah, everyone's wearing shoes. Yeah. Uh, 
um, and and then somehow his kid gets like nabbed with Tom Cruise's underwater, so he feels responsible for it. And yeah, to some degree, you might even go, "Yeah, you fucking right. You, what are you doing?" Well, he was um, underwater holding his breath for as long as a whale, Adam. Exactly. We've all so, been there. Uh, and some then, may say he was having a whale of a time. <laughs> Thank you. So, so yeah, so you never even find out whatever happened to the kid. Um, oh, and no, then... this is an absolute fucking... This is a real, like, dangling the carrot thread. It's a real fuck you. Uh, you never find out who actually takes the kid. You never fully see what happens to the kid. He just drops the watch. Uh, you never... Like, John Anderson's targeted for some reason. I don't know, like, why why his kid. It, it doesn't turn into ransom or anything. Mm. Um, he's probably kidnapped by the guy in the long fucking overcoat at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I would have thought the the reveal to have Max von uh, um, Max von Sydow, uh, Max von mm-hmm. um, to, for him to have like somehow preconceived through some algorithm that if this chain of events happened, that he could get then the best guy uh, forward for uh, the pre-crime. So he ended up, he orchestrated his child to be kidnapped or some shit like that yeah i mean that's our plot line but it just isn't that it's just it's just like nah fuck you nothing we're not going to tell you ha 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 um but to jump around a bit like because we've been talking for 47 minutes and kind of not nice. touched on the movie at all <laughs> um he, the the guy lee crow tom cruise stupidly kind of goes to the place where he is yeah, and sees all these I, this, this is the biggest plot hole of it all. It's just like, because, but I suppose in a way, it's like he's be predetermined that he is going to kill him. Mm. So it's like no matter what he does in that time, if he gets caught before mm. it happens, it doesn't because he at some point because nobody knows where this Lee Crow person is. No. Um, that you know, Tom Cruise will be charged with the crime of his murder. But if he so just re- like fucking sits down in Lois Smith's greenhouse for three days, yeah, it's like wins. if he just laid, if, yeah, if he lays low for yeah. an hour or gets out of state or whatever, and then, but obviously yeah, that's with that, it. get the fuck out of Washington, man, go to yeah. Vegas. <laughs> so then you can imagine, yeah, that would that oh, would man, essentially sorry, just prove quickly. it wrong. If Minority Report took a real like sharp left turn halfway through, he takes Samantha Morton to Vegas and recreates Rain Man, but instead of mm. fucking autism, it's now we're talking. It's it's goddamn I'm psychic, therefore put it all on red. Man, better movie. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That's good. the sequel. And <laughs> sorry, I, so, I railroaded, yeah. but. I no, no, I like it. Um, that's the type of ending I'd write. <laughs> and so, but with this, this is where you get the uh, the name of the movie, and it's the the idea that the free precogs they uh, will sometimes reproduce a what's called a minority report, mm. which is a discrepancy from what the other two. And you find out that, you know, uh, Agatha, the female, she's the sort of strongest precog. And without her, the other two don't work. Yeah. yeah. So that's when he legs it back in. He has to get back into pre, uh, pre-crime to essentially kidnap her. Now, this <sighs> yeah. is like just convoluted. Like, yeah. you know, and it's just like, and it kind of like the idea, obviously, with all the technology out there that, Everything scans your face. Everything, you know, the fact that your newspaper fucking updates. Um, which, a question, right? Yes. 
if your newspaper updates, mm. do you ever need to buy another newspaper? That's <laughs> just it's it's just it's a newspaper for life. Is it? Yeah, but that's what um, I mean. Like, well, no, then it's, why, it's kind why, of predetermining what, phones, isn't it? But everyone, you know, this isn't like fucking the the sixties. This is like two thousand two. Mm. Everyone has a mobile phone, but it's more the idea that he's reading some. Sorry, some, let me let me reiterate. It's pre preempting what smartphones would become. Yeah, I wish I. But then it's like the the fact that it's material, yeah, like yeah. A, a, a fucking newspaper. It's just like. Yeah, what's the commercial enterprise there? Did they? Yeah, do you buy one newspaper uh, that changes, but you buy it for like two thousand dollars, or do you buy one newspaper every day for the rest of your life that adds up to more? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. No, does it like have some sort of subscription service? <laughs> fucking. These are oh, questions that need to be read, answered. Trying to this read an article on, I think, the Telegraph or the Times. It's just like, oh, you liked the first paragraph, eh? Well, subscribe to read the rest, or buy the fucking newspaper. Just go out yeah. and buy it. Hundred um, percent. So yeah, then then the movie basically becomes Tom Cruise's eyes. The movie. Yeah, this is quite. Uh, this is, as you say, probably the most disgusting bit because there's like so many sort of almost like I wouldn't say it's like horror, but it's has that kind of like almost like gore kind of effect to it, like where it's just like it's the, it's more the idea behind it. It's it you know the fact that he's blind and he's having to like get to the fridge and he's like picking up weird fucking rotten food that's and... it that's the moment when he chomps into that sandwich oh, i nearly just gagged uh yeah. when he chomps into that sandwich it's like it still gets me it's like uh, it's fucking so ah i mean even now thinking picturing it it's like <laughs> it's one of the most disgusting things i've ever seen on film and yeah, i love horrible. like giallo horror films um why? Why, Peter Stormare? Why have you kept the filthy fucking sandwich? <laughs> Why? What's, who's that for? Is it just yeah, to fuck with Tom Cruise? Because I think the horror element of it comes in when uh, when he kind of recognises who Peter Stormare is and he's like, oh yeah, you sent me away because I burnt all my fucking victims. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. And he's like slightly miffed that he got his medical licence revoked or something like that. It's like... You did burn people to death, like what yeah. the fuck, like kind of. But this whole this whole scene is kind of uh, bookended by, or the introduction to this scene even is he's just Peter Stormare's girlfriend taking a shit. <laughs> it's like, all right, I've suddenly entered. You know that bit in Escape from LA where they uh, the, uh, the group of Hollywood misfits or whatever it's yeah. called. It's that, but disgusting. It's yes. that moment where it's like, oh, this is a whole other part of the world that I'm genuinely, like, bleh. it's grotesque. Yeah, it is. Grotesque is definitely a word. Mm. So he, he gets a he gets a bunch of new eyes. He's some Chinese dude now. And he's goes back to pre-crime. And the whole, like, him dropping the eyeballs down the fucking uh, drain was just like... That for it's quite suspenseful in that bit. It's quite like in it's the moment of like right, you've gone through all this hard labour, you finally get there, and you got to open up this fucking like bag of, you know, hot, like it's fucking disgusting. Obviously, pinking out his eyeballs to get in, mm. but then it's almost a bit like right, if everything scans your eyes, mm. can it scan through sunglasses? Well, yes. That's mm, just the new wayfarer of Ray-Band, uh, Ray-Band, Ray-Ban style. But my my biggest issue with this, and it's it's the biggest issue. Number yeah. one, 
The Number dropping one. of the eyeballs and the eyeballs rolling. I was like, well, no, it wouldn't do that. It's covered in blood. It would stick. It wouldn't. Mm, it wouldn't know. become like a two pence piece. We just like, oh, gotta get it back. We'll okay. have to run an experiment. All this. right. Okay. <laughs> Um, and number two, and this kind of re- repeats itself a little bit later on. Mm. So when I uh, stopped working for Marks and Spencers when I was uh, eighteen, right, the first thing they did was cancel my employee discount card. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to be the first thing they did was remove my eyes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now, why is it that the eyeballs of a wanted felon? still work within the system and moreover if they still work within the system why are there no red flags going john anderson is here john anderson is here why does it take them looking out and seeing him with agatha to to go oh john anderson's here what the fuck yeah i it is it is definitely a Oh, you know, sort of a shut up Affleck kind of moment. Um, another bit as well is when he, they finally get into it, you know, and he does the flush, uh, the bigger. Why is yeah. the hole big enough for fucking two bodies to go through? Yeah, you know what I mean, considering that's where the bodies are lying. And well, the thing is, there's three bodies usually, through. so they just assume it's going to be like uh, Mr. Burns' <laughs> diseases all trying to fit through a doorway. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. It's just like yeah, it's just to drain the water, like to evacuate. Why would you need it to be that? Yeah, big why wouldn't or... it be a grid? Like it, it's like oh, like it, it's like you know in movies where like ventilation's big enough for someone to crawl through. It's like why does it need to be that big? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, um, so yeah, he steals Agatha, and then look, we do get some really cool bits where she's predicting. Um, just stand here for ten seconds, man with balloons. Grab this hat. It had shades, or there are shades of this in the Nicolas Cage movie Next. Yes, great shout. Is Next the sequel to Minority uh, Report? Unintentional sequel. Oh, shit. Or prequel. Maybe one of the. Maybe Arthur grows up to become Nicolas Cage. Or vice versa. Maybe Nicolas Cage loses all his hair. So it's like a reverse Benjamin Benjamin Button thing. Or maybe Nicolas Cage gets on the smack. And then has a kid, and then that turns out to be Agatha. Love it. There you go. Print, sold, $10 million. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, they, their escape scene is pretty cool. And this is probably, you know, we said earlier, like, oh, nothing, everything's up close or far away. Yeah. This is, for me, the, like, mid-ground moment. Yeah, that's fair. That's a great, great shout. It was tense, but I wasn't, like... Boom, bam, pachow, look at this, look at that. It's just like, I'm going to stand here, I'm going to stand here. Oh, he's going to stand there, are they going to see him? No, there's mm. a man with balloons. So eventually, through all of this, um, they've, like, but this is one of the things, right? Because if she fucking predicts everything and they get out of the shopping mall at the point where they then see the billboards mm. going up and then Anderson's like, oh, that's the guy that was apparently peering in the window. Um, it actually turns out to be a billboard of a model. Yeah. And you're like, but she led him there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you're like, is she sort of helping facilitate this in some way? And this this yeah. comes back into the debate of like, what is fate? Can you control it? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. My thing, if I'm Tom Cruise, is, okay, I've seen that face before. I'm going to have to just turn around because you know what? If I go up there, probably going to kill think- someone. 
I think though there's a there's an element of curiosity about it in sense that I don't know who this person is enough that even if I was to meet him, why would I murder him? Mm. So maybe I am being set up in some way, and the only person that maybe he knows why I'm being set up is this guy that I'm meant to kill. But wait ten minutes As, then. That's it. Just wait ten minutes. But that's the thing. He 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 gets up there and then he even f- figures out that like all oh, right even with all the shit as they call the orgy of evidence mm. um of you know potentially that this lee crow might have taken uh tom cruise's kids he doesn't kill him on time no. you know i mean so so that's when he realizes that it's like right you know like i i've not done it and then that's when the guy kind of reveals it's like hey you were meant to kill me otherwise my, my family you know, they... doesn't get paid yeah yeah, uh, and then it. But then the weird thing is, right, is that the guy then grabs on to the gun and shoots himself. Yeah. So then, why is that murder? I don't think it is. I think it was supposed to be. It was predicted to be murder. Tom Cruise is letting enough not for it to be murder, and then, you know, shut up, Affleck. Yeah, there's a bit of that. So and then it, oh, come, come. Oh, but that's the thing. So, like, so it all fucking it all happens as it should have in some way, and the sort of mm. the the splintered shots that were being shown beforehand. But then Colin Farrell was quite quick on it when he busts in on the crime scene. He's like, "Yeah, like uh, whenever you had this like or, like orgy of evidence, something doesn't quite make sense here." Mm. Yeah, so, so to- that's how, that's his like step towards becoming a good guy, I guess. Yeah, because um, he almost predicts that Max von Sydow is the bad guy before getting shot in the chest. Now, there's one thing I want to bring up that I, I kind of I have written down but um, haven't mentioned yet. Um, this movie is just The Fugitive, right? Yeah, it's got a lot of elements to that. Uh, it's, I feel like it's a bit of The Fugitive, a bit of Blade Runner. But if of... you look at the beats of The Fugitive, man wrongly, committed, uh, wrongly accused of a crime, he goes on the run... Um, the bad guy at the end is announced by uh, in the mm. massive hall. It's it's so the fugitive. Yeah, it's it's, it's got similar beats. It's got the uh, uh, I didn't do it. And, I don't I care. Don't care. <laughs> and then it, it's definitely got that sort of like you know that cat and mouse element to it, mm. but it's but it's yeah it's, it's different enough that you can just go to beat but he beats. breaks it's... back into the hospital in fugitive with a different disguise and he does that uh, with yeah. minority report and i don't know it just it felt very much like oh man i'd rather be watching the fugitive right now yeah great shout do you ever watch the u.s marshall at all oh did i yeah. yeah. Do you do you think that's a because it's not quite a sequel is it but it it's, is, it's, 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 it's got still it's got a got continuation of yeah, it's a continuation of the character, mm. but it's, it doesn't feel like a sequel, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, uh, it's not good, if that's what you're asking me. <laughs> it is not good, no. No, no. no, no if no, anything, no. it's categorically bad. You, you realise how much uh, Harrison Ford added to that movie. Man, yeah, and look, I love Tommy Lee Jones. He, oh, you know, phenomenal, just phenomenal. But you've got to be chasing Harrison Ford. You, the whole Wesley Snipes, is he a bad guy, isn't he a bad guy? It's just like, eh, snooze fest. Oh, secret twist, it was Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) It was. Uh, But back to this movie. Look, we've we've kind of been picking out all the flaws and all of the, like, oh, whoa, this doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense. Uh, Yeah, real Michael Sheen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Disgraced journalist, Mike Sheen. Um, Disgraced journalist, poking holes. But 
it is enjoyable. I've got to say that it's shot really well. The acting acting's really good, and I am I did watch it and go, it's a little long in the tooth, but man, this is fun. Well, it's the fact that we've been like, you know, we've been bouncing around a little bit because there are little bits of this where you're just like, right, what what happened? So, you know, right, he gets the keys, he's on the run, and then he uh, then he figures it all out and gets. But it's just a, it's just so many sort of like, as I said, like the convoluted bits where it's mm. just like it doesn't. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't sit that allows you then to ask the big questions until maybe after the movies done or you've rewatched it a few times you go oh actually is this some sort of you know like total you know i the elements of total recall i think are still in this movie um it's like the you know at the end you kind of find out that yeah max von sidow is the bad guy and he had essentially kidnapped the uh, precog kids and the mother wanted uh agatha back yeah so he ended up orchestrating the murder of her and which don't get me wrong that bit's really clever it, it's it's clever but it's all being taken uh what's her face uh La, is it lara or lara um um tom cruise's ex oh gosh she, i don't know yeah she, it's like she figures out like because um max von sidow says he slips up and says some shit like oh you know some drown oh, okay, yeah, some yeah, drowning yeah. victim or something like that oh i never said he, he uh she drowned yeah, so like, right. Mm, okay. Tom Cruise kind of uh, takes refuge with Agatha at his ex-wife's house. Mm. All of the police arrest him. So Tom Cruise is out of the movie. But wouldn't you believe it? Tom Cruise's eyes are still in the movie. And so... Uh, How does she his... get the fucking eye? Yeah, no, that's a good question. <laughs> she probably fished out the one from the drain that fell through. Um, and so Tom Cruise's, or Jan Anderson's uh, ex-wife, uses the eye to break into the prison where he's being kept and frees him yeah then she goes and chats with max von sidow and it's like oh i think he's innocent and yeah max von sidow max von sidow fallacy of the talking man uh fallacy of the talking villain whatever it's called yeah it's like oh well i'll look into this drowning i never said he was drowned and you have that beat of like oh he's about to strangle you this is about to turn into fucking inglorious bastards with hans lander and uh, Bridget von Hammersmark. Mm. Luckily, his assistant comes back in the room. Yeah, but then Again, it's, it, but really it, it all works out too perfectly, and that's the idea mm. of like because it hasn't worked out perfectly for Tom Cruise up until the point he goes into prison. So now yeah. all the all these sort of bits and pieces have fallen into place. Like Colin Farrell's been shot; he's yeah. dead. Um, so that means Tom Cruise's drug habit doesn't get revealed. Yep. Yeah, so that uh, there is a. There's like a, it, it just all wraps up in a nice, a nice little package, package. <laughs> and it, it you kind of so then it asks the question. It's like, is this what Tom Cruise is dreaming about? Is he? Is this like the perfect life for him? Like that it all it all works out, and then the precogs uh, live off and fucking Iceland or wherever. Um, I don't know. I feel like a better dream for him would have his son back in his life. Yeah, but I feel like that's you know the you know, when you kind of think of the situation, I think it's very much. I think it's very much established that his kid's probably you know buried in a barrel somewhere. You know, it's there does seem to be a lot of that in Spielberg's uh, work, isn't it? He, he always does the uh, sort of, sort of the broken family trope. Yeah, this is interesting. This is probably the first instance I can think of of the missing child as opposed to the abandoning father. Yeah, because that's that's always his shtick. Is like. The dad who wasn't good enough. Yeah, or so because his um, 
Listen, it's, it's, I think like I don't think this is something that we've got. I think it is something that Spielberg talks about, where he's like, you know, from his own upbringing. I think his parents got divorced or some shit yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. And always like sort of bangs it in his movies. No, right, fair enough. Yeah, it's that. a real Walt Disney approach. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Steven Spielberg has some wildly different political views <laughs> to Walt Disney. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm not 100, percent but I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, the we get the finale scene, which is Max von Sydow kind of. Uh, talking to the people about the greatness of the pre-crime unit or something, and then he gets an earpiece phone call and shoots... Tom Cruise gives him a gun, and it's like, oh, the pre-cogs aren't working, but then Max Montana shoots himself? Yeah. It's a real, like, clickety-clack ending. Yeah, it is, and there's... There's a couple of things in this like movie that makes me when I think about scenes that like kind of stand out. Um, I think probably actually my favourite bit in the movie. I don't know why, but it's the bit where Colin Farrell uh, confronts Tom Cruise in the elevator and he says, "Hey, look, yeah. I, I know you're fucking uh, getting high and stuff like that." And then um, this is when I think he's trying to escape anyway. So then Thomas Anderson um, thinks that. Colin Farrell's trying to set him up. He's the guy that's setting up the murder. So he puts mm. a gun at him and he says, hey, uh, I don't hear any sirens going off. And then suddenly, just as soon as that happens, the sirens start going off. And yeah, it, Colin Farrell sells that moment. Yeah, well. you see the, the the change in his expression. He's like, oh my fucking God, I'm literally about to die now. And you can yeah. kind of almost see the arrogance in that, in a way. Like, it's just like, hey, like, well, I'm I'm pretty safe right now. I know you're not going to do anything or kill me until like, and until that, he hears that siren. He's like, Oh my god! Like I'm gonna yeah. fucking take a bullet in the head! Like shit! And a lesser movie and a worse director would have had him like piss his pants or something, or yeah. beg for his life. Yeah, hundred percent. All this needed was Colin Farrell's face to change. You're like, yep, cool, got it. I know what this beat is. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, overall, I've, uh, movies okay. Like it's not. Uh, I I think it's one of those movies that if you at the time when it came out in 2002, this was like kind of. You know, groundbreaking is a kind of like mm. a a vision into the not so distant future where you can kind of be like, well, it's a really good world building. Um, and I think Tom Cruise, Colin Farrell, uh, Max von Sydow, uh, there's some really like like really good acting chops in this movie. I just yeah. just feel that it's kind of let down slightly by the bouncing back and forth between, you know, as we described at the beginning of the um, podcast, it, that sort of accordion effect. Yeah. I think it just gets a bit exhausting towards the end. The two and a half hours of it, I'm just a bit two like... Two and a half hours is just a little bit too long. Yeah. Um, there, I've got, just check my notes, there's one thing as well um, that I want to bring up. Uh, there is someone else in this movie that I noticed and had to just do a quick check on something. Hmm. Do you know the name William Mapether? William Mapether? Uh, I can't say it. Not off the top of my head, no. So he's in this film as the hotel clerk. Right. And he's in Mission Impossible 2 right. as one of Dugray Scott's henchmen. Not the... And I was like... Not the blonde no, not, guy. Not, yeah. not, not the blonde guy. The other blonde guy. The one that I think's in, like, Lost. Right. Okay. And I was like, hmm coincidental that this motherfucker's in two Tom Cruise movies. Oh, wait, it's Tom Cruise's cousin. Oh, really? Ah, interesting. Yeah. Ah, that was a bit like... A bit of nepotism. A little, little nepotism going on, guys. 
And when you look at him now, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. I can see that you look a little tiny, teeny bit like Tom Cruise. I can mm, see it. That's a nice little factoid there, Craig. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Well done. <laughs> Have a Coke. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. No, look, ultimately, this film, if you've not seen it before, mm. it's a good fun watch. Yeah. It's a little bit convoluted. There's a lot of stuff. Like when they go into the hotel full of like all your wildest dreams, or not at the hotel, the kind of underground <laughs> club oh, yeah. with all your wildest dreams. It's like, oh, cool. We watched Seven. Cool. Love it. Um, you know, with the sex club in Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good it's, shout. It, there's just loads of things where it's like, all right, I've kind of seen that part in a different movie, and I've seen that part in a different movie, and of course I've seen The Fugitive, but ultimately... Yeah, it wasn't horrible. I, you know, it's, it wasn't it's, horrible. It's it, good entertainment. I'm probably not going to watch it again for a few years, but eventually I will. So last time I watched this was mm. a few years ago with producer Gareth, and we were sat at his flat and going, "You know what? We should really watch again this." And we had a great time. Oh, fair. I've uh, speaking just... of producer Gareth. I, I saw that Moonfalls now on Amazon Prime. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, it's on his IMDb. And I was just like, oh, I'll go, I'll go through the credits just to spot him and be like, yeah, there he is. Yeah. Went through twice, and, I, and then I had to text him. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not in the credits. Those credits are 20 minutes long. Damn. Yeah, they are long as shit, and I went through them twice. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, why, why is he unaccredited then? I just, it just you know, he's, he's in the credits for Ron's Gone Wrong. You know, if you want to check that out. Yeah, well. But for some reason, he's not in the credits of Moonfall. I don't know why. Well, no, it's probably not the worst thing, mate. That's, uh... Yeah, either way. <laughs> um, Minority Report is good. I will watch it again in a few years and go, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. But it's just a little long in the tooth and a little bit confusing. Yeah, it With is. With so many things where I'm like, just do something different and you'll be fine. Just do something different to that and you'll be fine. It seems it, it seems like a splice of ideas have come together, and you're right. It's pulled. It seems to have pulled or been influenced by other movies in a sense, mm. and maybe not intentionally, but there's definitely a there's definitely elements uh, that come in from um, different genres in a way as well. It's like you're right. It's like yeah. the Fugitive. There's a kind of like crime action, but then there's like a, a sort of like murder mystery, and then there's mm. this like uh, futurism kind of voyeurism in a way. Like it's the yeah, and then there's the question of like ethics in in humans in society and human yeah, existence. Yeah, there's like broad, yeah, there's like broader overscoping themes of it all, and it just feels like I, there, there's a lot in this movie, and I just feel that maybe you know, and what we said from the original, like you know, um, originally at the beginning of this podcast is it did feel like a, a bit of that, and I feel that they should have condensed it more. I think you could have had a really, you could have had a sort of. Uh, a Blade Runner esque kind of movie without the big kind of uh, you know the big scoping action uh, set pieces. Yeah, I do feel like if this film was edited less, mm. it might be more engaging. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. I think you could probably chop a good twenty minutes out of that movie. And it still well, not sense. just chop twenty, not just chop um, off, but just like hold a shot for a little bit longer. Yeah. Just hold it for an extra ten seconds, and let me feel the world, as opposed to like bum, 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 with the editing. Like, yeah. Um, like I watched, I'd say I watched Bad Boys. That's a real like bum, 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 and that's like a Michael Bay shot, 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 shot thing. Yeah. Which works. That's his style. That's cool. That's fine. But if again i'm no i know it's not ai artificial intelligence but if this was kubrick it'd be mm. like, all right we're gonna just hold here we're gonna see we're gonna feel the world a little bit more 
That's right. Uh, speaking of long-running things, uh, maybe we should put an end to, uh, to this podcast. Uh, All so. right. Well, <laughs> this has been Adam Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. This has been our episode on Minority Report. If you like what you've heard, please give us a like, give us a share, give us a subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema Podcast. If you really like what you've heard, you can follow us on Patreon and even donate to give us some money. I believe we still have one, count them, one person giving us £3 each month. Thanks, Ben Tate. Absolutely. Thank you to him again. <laughs> um, until then, we will be back next week where I believe we will be recording... Risky business? We're doing risky business? Oh, fuck I'd it. I'll love to do risky Let's business. Let's do risky business then. Excellent. And I'm looking very much like risky business right now. Are you just in your pants? I am. <laughs> Excellent. Ba, 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 ba. Um, and yes, until then, enjoy your week. Oh, thanks, Greg. And I'll speak to you next time, man. It's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, it's, it's good to be back. We are watching a movie that we are talking about. So sit back and relax, and it's time to talk about it. Talk about it. Maybe get some popcorn, or maybe some snacks. Because we are watching a movie that we're gonna be a-talking about It's movie It's movie So, I'm recording Are you recording? As am I yep. oh, okay. yeah. It's been a you, while Usually you give me a countdown Normally I do Um that's how long it's been. the whole editing up. <laughs> All right, here we go. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, give us a sh- so, give us a share. Damn it. <laughs> if you like It is movie talk time.